This week's episode of Here's What I'll Get is brought to you in part by shitbag campaign volunteers. When your campaign needs some piece of shit to hit up vacant houses to throw your signs in front of, you can visit shitbagcampaignvolunteers.biz and find some volunteers for your campaign. Hello and welcome back to Here's What I Don't Get, from north to south, east to west, the only formally interscholastic podcast to tackle all life's toughest issues and longest consecutively running podcast on the See You Next Tuesday Network. I'm your host, formerly East Coast Jay, and with me today, the man, the legend, the Sultan of Spite, Cab Burt, and sitting atop a throne of broken handles, Tim the Handlebrick. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> How's it going? That was a good one. Most of the time I write them for people, so it's nice to have someone come in all prepared. Didn't want to have a poor showing. So uh, we've got Jay on the show this week. Uh, he's Spite Producer requesting himself back on. Jay's been a uh, frequent voicemailer to the show. Yep. We've had him on. Um, his, you've sent many care packages to the show. So just Oh, yeah. Those are always great. Longtime friend of the show and um, happy to have you on, even even if it hadn't been for the Spite Producer request. So I appreciate it. Yeah, I wanted to uh, I wanted to do this earlier, but I was um, dumping most of my paychecks into rent. I had to wait until I moved. Uh, I know how that is. <laughs> uh, I'm now coming to you live from my basement bunker. Um, I haven't yet come up with a name for this uh, specific studio. Maybe the Dungeon Studios 2.0. Um, now with more chains. Yeah, I didn't find any chains in this one yet, so I don't know if it's really uh, a Dungeon Studio. But uh, if you're watching on our on the YouTube feed... I'm in front of just a stone masonry wall, and I'm completely flat lit because all I have is this one softbox. So, well, it's better than the uh, the lock we found at Todd's that once. It was, oh yeah, <laughs> do you remember that? I do. We found a lock at Todd's Wait, place what? once that was uh, it was like a key. It was like a number pad key lock for a door on the outside, and then on the inside there were clearly scratch marks. Yeah, and the the mechanism to lock and unlock the door had been completely disabled, so it only worked via the keypad from the outside, meaning the that lock was meant to lock someone in something, not keep someone out of something. So there was no there was no like panic button, emergency release, no nope. actual like cylinder lock, nothing. Yeah, the the little T wow. handle you find on most of those <laughs> was completely. Just it just spun around, and then there were just scratch marks of like someone trying to claw that off of a door. Yeah, it was creepy. It was creepy. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Tim, how's your week been? It's been hell. No fucking kidding. Uh, I mean the the internet here has always been bad, but uh, I mean it just it. I don't know what happened, but uh, something went wrong and then everything else went wrong on top of that. Like uh, the internet went out. So we, like, wow, as we were recording, so we could record. And then as I was trying to fix it, like my audio system went out, um, my phone wasn't working. It was, it was hell. It was a nightmare day. Like we were, yeah. we, we literally, we sat down to do a mini sode and a bonus episode on Monday 
And then Jay was mm-hmm. going to join us that that evening. We were going to do a regular episode, you know, trying to play catch up, right? So we do the mini sode, and we're having intermittent internet issues. Like mm-hmm. it, it's gonna be it, it's gonna be a pain in the ass to edit this episode, but we kind of push through the mini sode. Then we get to the bonus episode time, and like every third word out of Tim's mouth is just completely lost to the to the internet gods. I can't understand what he's saying. We have no back and forth. It was. Truly awful. Like that, uh, that those files are just going to be deleted. Like that is an <laughs> aborted episode. Yep. And uh, so then Jay joined us that evening. Like we thought we could get a stable enough connection, and we just couldn't get Tim on. So we had to push back to today, Wednesday, when we're recording. Um. And yeah, it was just. I mean, Tim and I sat on Streamyard today, just like talking while I was working in my office, just to see if. Mm-hmm. We are going to be able to make the internet work, which is why Tim has no video right now. Just in case. Just like, in I, case. I don't want to push the bandwidth. Yeah, yeah. That's not. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, it's funny because Tim's like shitty internet was just fine for the uh, when I was like going for between Airbnbs and working on the worst Wi-Fi of all time. Yeah, uh, and then I finally I get like gigabit AT and T internet hardwired in. I'm making. Like nine fifty up and down, perfect internet, and then Tim's internet shits the bed. Yep. Uh, Wait, Tim, was this is this at your folks' place? It, it is. The, yeah, uh, where you replace the modem and the router and all that. Yeah, and so the you know the funny thing is uh, the way I I fixed the thing was I went back to the old janky modem. Yeah. The one that like shit the bed one night. <laughs> because the new modem like DDoS itself. Yep. That's that's about what I what I could figure out was that the new modem was yeah the Netgear thing was it was DDoSing itself so uh, that's like the old old uh, what was it the BIOS the Action Tech routers that the big old black square ones had I'm trying I'm sure I'm getting this one it was like a small NAT table or something if you did anything other than just straight up browsing or had more than three four well devices on it it would eventually go. I can't hold it all in my brain and just peel over. You have to run down. (laughs) See, I remember years ago I had my whole internet set up was on a, uh, you know, Christmas light timer switch so that Mm -hmm. it would auto turn itself off for like 60 seconds at three 30 in the morning on Wednesdays. And then three 31, it would boot that switch would turn itself back on and I would have internet again. And that was, Basically, I was just keeping my uptown, my uptime on my router and modem down, um, so that I wouldn't wouldn't run into these problems. And it was like such an archaic solution to a modern day issue. And but it, it works. But it worked. And now, now with this modern equipment, it's like surely I should be able to get better uptime than I get I had back Dude, then. Yeah. But it's like no, I should just wire those Christmas light timers back in because. You know, it's not going to hurt anything to reboot the fucking thing once a week for 60 seconds. I I am so sick of technology. I'm going to uh, just move out to the woods after it. We're going to do episode 300 and I'm moving to the woods. <laughs> That's it. I'm quitting my job. Moving to the woods. It's going to be great. Um, but yeah, the. Uh, the indu- what was it? The industrial revolution and its consequences, right? <laughs> it has been a yeah disaster for society. So, uh, well, Jay, um, anything you want to tell the people about, I, I know you're in the middle of moving. I don't know if you have anything to promote. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything to promote. I'm just, uh, 
Kev, when you were when you were talking about the four corners and all that, I I feel your pain. I went with a moving company. I mentioned this to you on on Monday, but they just their things have just gone, just straight up gone. They broke a bunch of stuff. I can't find a full box of like toiletries. I can't find a full box of my cat stuff. You'll probably see them wander around back here. And they they did things they had no business doing. They were on their site. They type up. Oh, we've moved companies and all this. I'm sitting here like with Canon, with Catapult, <laughs> just taped it all together, rolled it down a hill. What's so I'm I got fortunately I got mo- almost everything major settled. I don't have any of my art up, but uh, That's... I got I got my desk. I got the good chair. Cat made it down fine. It's actually his birthday today. He's 18. Happy birthday, Cat! Yeah. Um, he is Cat fast asleep out. The you should have hired a trucking and tucking handlebreaker moving. They managed <laughs> shockingly, despite his namesake, none of my shit got broken. So, yeah. um, well, you got a better record than the folks <laughs> I went with. So next time, yeah. <laughs> was it a, uh, like a big name company or. Yeah, it was, uh, no, I'll, I'll rip on them. It was, uh, JK movers. That that's the first name. Oh yeah. We're breaking yeah. all your shit. <laughs> Uh, and it's it's weird that they have this kind of veneer of respectability. Of course, you look on their side, you look a couple of casual Google searches, but then you start digging, and then you see people going, "These guys contracted somebody on packing up or the unloading end. They were awful. I mean, the the guys who came and unpacked stuff here left the drill out. I had to email them three times. I was like, I don't hear back the third time. I get a Dewalt drill. So I wouldn't have even emailed the first time. No." <laughs> I, I have a real. They I, weren't wearing, but they weren't wearing the JK Movers logo. I felt a little bad. Like some some guy comes out here, unboxes everything, leaves the thing he needs for his job. It's like it is beat to hell. It's clear. It's a it's, it's a well contractor's loved. drill. Yeah. yeah. I have this weird uh, contractors always leave shit behind whenever they do stuff for me. Like the apartment I used to live in, I had this leak above the sink or above the the shower, and <laughs> they came and patched it. I don't know how many times and they kept leaving like cans of paint and tools in my bathroom and I just kept them. And then I started this new job and my office had flooded before I started and they had like torn mm-hmm. off all of the, that rubber molding that they put in businesses. And so they had torn that all off when they checked for the water damage and they just never put it back on. And so finally facilities came and put the, the, stuff back on but they managed to get outside of my office before they set all of their like super 55 spray and tape down on a desk outside my office and i i walked up to my office one morning and i looked at it and I, I was like oh they fixed my baseboard finally and i opened up the door and sure enough all my shit's been like pulled away from the walls so they could fix the baseboards and then they were like ah, that's good enough so I have a can of super 77 spray that's now mine since i had to move my own shit back where it went God, that reminds me in um in undergrad this was the same uh, it was on the first floor is called a what was it a involuntary triple where you know, they had so many students they had to take one of the corner study rooms and wedge three guys in there uh, there was there was a point where we had some issue it was either not enough pressure in the showers or they never got warm or something like that maintenance guy comes in and he's he's pulling out the, the ceiling tiles and he's he's looking at the pipe and I will never forget this. I think when I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to tell like great grand 
grandkids or whatever this guy goes up on a ladder he looks at it and he's twisting twisting and then i see him take take the wrench out taps a couple of times tap 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 water comes down he leaves <laughs> he has no reaction he just leaves and uh, so what happens is what you think would happen where water starts going in the carpet water starts going in the rooms we're we're seeing we're seeing it creep above the terrible little futon and bunk beds we have. Start unplugging stuff. Start uh, putting it up on desks, and we en- we end up escaping out our window because keeping the our room's door closed was the only thing keeping the water out. And we frantically were calling facilities, and there was no answer. I think because they were embarrassed, but that doesn't help us. So we had to hang out in another building for the night. I just I I can't. St- I keep trying to think of the guy's thought process of in what situation was that good? I mean, I understand panicking. I understand going, I need help, but just going, <laughs> yeah, that's about right. I mean, there's water. It's going the right direction and just leaves. What? Hey, that guy, that guy, that he quit. Yeah. He yeah, was like, yeah. I, I'm done. I'm <laughs> not fixing another pipe in this godforsaken place. Uh, that's funny. Um, of course not. That's how like my, my dorm room flooded, got flooded. Oh yeah, water pipe in the ceiling. Yeah, uh, plumbing sucks, but someone's yeah. got to do it. Yeah. That's your job. So anyway, well, uh, let's get in some issues this week. Tim, what's your first issue? Here's what I don't get: <laughs> holding the joke too long. Um, Tab and I were talking. We were talking a little bit earlier. Uh, I said that I saw the new Thor movie. And you said you had read some, you had watched some, read and watched some reviews about it. And, um, one of the, th- it was, I thought it was fine. Uh, but one of the things I was thinking about while I was watching it was, um, so the last Thor movie was like a solid 95 minutes, I think. Uh, I mean, I might be wrong. But at least it felt so this like is that. why doing the show via the internet is bad because he's just got a computer there. And he's going <laughs> to Google this right now. I'm not. Uh, so the new move, the new the new Thor movie is actually shorter than uh, the last Thor one? Ragnarok. It's shorter than the last one, but it doesn't feel like it. It feels 30 minutes longer. Holy because, shit! Because because they do this thing that is like uh, it's it's per, it's pervasive now. It's modern comedy. It's modern everything, where. Um, because audiences are stupid now and they know that audiences are stupid. Um, they have to like really drive the point home. And this goes with jokes. This goes with like emotional moments, everything. It seems like everything these days is just like you're, you're beating a dead horse over and over and over to get a point across. Um, because they, they know that audiences are dumb and audiences for the most part are dumb. Um, yeah, but for the people that aren't, it really sucks. Uh, yeah, you know the it the Paul Feig style comedy. You know, there's that right. The Paul Feig style like shoot fifty takes like a shotgun, right? And and cut up the best, cut up the quote unquote the best of it. Yeah, uh, take the best jokes with no regard to like what the scene is, what the function of the scene is supposed to be, mm-hmm. and just jam all the ones in there. And and fill up time. Yeah, that doesn't matter if it undermines any like emotional heft. 
right? No, yeah. no. So that's one end of the spectrum. And then the other end of the spectrum is this like just beating over the head of, of the joke. I remember um, the first time I thought about this was when I saw that last Spider-Man movie and spoiler alert, uh, Aunt May dies. Um, Marissa Tomei. Yeah. Holy shit. I know shit. you were black. You were blackout drunk by the, by the time that happens in the movie. I'm shocked. <laughs> um, but like her death scene, I'm, I'm, you know, in my mind, as I was watching, I'm comparing it to, you know, watching the other, the uncle Ben death scenes in the other movies. Um, and it was just like, they couldn't kill uncle Ben in this franchise. So they killed aunt May. That's yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. It seemed like three, four, five times too long. See, this, this is like one of my favorite movies of all time. The lady killers. I feel like it's very underappreciated. And there's a joke in the lady killers that is almost too brief. The first time you watch the movie, you don't, you almost don't get it. Uh, where, so our heroes have been caught red-handed stealing money from the, the bandit queen. It's all over the basement. And Miss Munson has, is hosting tea that day that they, so that everything's gone to shit. Yeah. And, she comes down to the basement to confront our heroes and says, I've been telling all the women, all the ladies at church about you. So I want you to get your period instruments and come up here and play some music because they've been fronting as Renaissance musicians the entire film. So they're all sitting there in this moment of stunned silence, now confronted with the fact that they don't actually know how to play any of these instruments. And they come up from the basement and... Uh, Tom Hanks's character, Professor Dore, is able to convince the ladies that they can't play because one of their members is at work. So he kind of diffuses the situation with some poetry, and they're like, we're free and clear. We've made it past. And then Marlon Wayans, Gawain, walks in. And then the movie hard cuts the ladies leaving for tea, and it's now late evening. So there's a scene in there that, that exists in your head that's not in the movie of them having to get these instruments and sit there in the living room and play like cats screeching. And it's, it's funny. <laughs> but, it's, but instead of showing you that scene that goes on for six minutes of them just being like, like a fucking three-year-old's violin recital, they let that all play in your mind. You get to laugh and then the movie's over. Yeah. And, and like that's the perfect amount of comedy. It's, it's not so much what you do say, it's the breaths in between. Like, like music is not the notes you play, it's the silences that are between them. That's what comedy is. It's all about the timing. And you just jam joke after joke after joke, like, the ghost, like that Lady Ghostbusters movie. Uh, and I assume Thor also. None of them become funny because it just becomes noise. Yeah, with Thor, it was less about like joke after joke after joke, and more just like it was it was the one joke over and over and over, not 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 repeating, but like hit, trying to hit the um, the punchline over and over, mm, like tagging it. Yeah, yeah, that's obnoxious. And despite uh, Tim's audio sitting just fine for like two hours today in the middle of the day, now that we're recording, of course, it's going to decide to act like a fucking robot. Of course. Son of a bitch. Uh, we'll just, we'll just press through. Um, Sounds all right on mine. Uh, maybe mine. No, mine. On the, maybe on your the, internet is too good. To maybe, maybe, maybe that's, that's what, what it is. is. Uh, who knows? Who can even tell anymore? But, uh, yeah, so, 
would you recommend this Thor movie to people? No, it's I, the same. I would rec- I would recommend it the same way I would recommend all of the Phase Four films so far. It's just like a big kind of. <laughs> I mean, you know, the hardcore fans will go out and see it, and they'll love it, like always, because they have to. Uh, but if you don't absolutely love uh someone in this movie, I mean, don't bother. Yeah. The thing to me that uh, some of the things that I was watching was like they pivoted from being a critique of just Thor to being a critique of like the Marvel phase four as a whole that like the movies just have no purpose. The, the original like first three phases, they had this whole like discovery that, you know, the, that first batch of movies was just discovery. Like this is the universe. And then they were kind of like building, building it bigger. And then this like great event happening. And then that, that thing ends and they, they, they needed to like take two years off and come up with a new plan, like oh, a mm-hmm. new trajectory. But they're just like, we have to forge ahead and keep making Thor movies. And, you know, like, uh, so we were talking about this movie and, the promise at the end of the uh, last Avengers movie was that Thor was going to team up with the guardians of the galaxy. And like, he was going to now yeah, become exactly. part of a new ensemble cast. And I guess Taika Waititi didn't want to direct a guardians movie. So he just got rid of them in the first five minutes and then made a, made the same Thor movie we've seen five times. And doesn't he have to go off and find himself yet again? Yeah. Yes. In this? And which which completely compromises your character if if you if your character can't like learn and grow across the course of movies, then what's the point of you're just you might as well just be making the origins you know it's like a Batman reboot yeah <laughs> and and the the horrible thing is, is that they have had characters learn and grow, and there's plenty of good Thor material from the comics I mean the latest I've been trying to catch up on the uh when he's final what was it uh god of hammers story yeah, yeah. Uh, is is great i mean the original gore the god butcher stuff is great but apparently they don't even really adapt that somebody said that the like the intro with gore is the best part of the movie because it actually has some weight to it and that gets completely abandoned yeah Cri- christian bale is a good actor so he does good <laughs> acting in this yeah, you give Christian Bale a shitty script and he's going to like elevate it to his to the best of his ability. The, I, another thing about this movie and the Eternals and um I guess just those two, but so like in this movie they go visit like Valhalla wherever it is that all the gods are hanging out like Zeus and It's a makeshift thing for this movie. It's like it's basically God City. Yeah. But so all these gods exist and the Eternals, they, they're these superheroes that have been on Earth since like the year 1000 or something, you know, 1000 BC mm-hmm. or um, what the fuck have you guys been doing for the last five years? Like half the universe disappears and Zeus is just like, ah, more titties for me, you know, <laughs> and um, and this, with the Eternals, it was like, oh, yeah, we don't need to intervene in that battle in New York thing. Ah, we don't need to intervene in. It, I, that's one of the problems I think the MCU has kind of, it was kind of acceptable in phase two 
your yeah. your your yeah. belief was suspended enough to be like, oh, Captain America has to take care of Hydra on his own. He doesn't have time to call Tony Stark to help him. Um, but you know, these Eternals are just hanging around on Earth, just like, holy shit, this evil government organization is going to kill everyone on the planet. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, the bigger you make your universe, I mean, it's a de- it's a detriment to them now because they've made it so big, but they they tend to keep this stuff mostly to its own. Like, there, there's, I'm trying to think of like the the tie-ins with Thor. There's the Guardians in the first five minutes, but you know, they just they're just there for comedic relief, really. Um, I think in the God City there was like a reference to the Celestials. Um, which were in the first Guardians movie, the big old robot looking dudes. They'd be yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um But that's it as far as I can recall. There's there's maybe like tiny little jokes here and there. Uh but other than that, like it it kept to its own thing, which is fine, but you've got this huge connected universe and they kind of do nothing they've done nothing with it so far, really. And when you introduce like all powerful beings <laughs> that yeah that's where the the problem is introduced like like the black widow movie i didn't yeah. see it but i could or or uh the kung fu movie they did mm-hmm. those were both like kind of small scaled things uh and i guess this was small scale enough too in that all gore is trying to do is kill the gods like and who gives a shit but um when you go like, oh yeah, there's a whole whole city where like every god that's ever existed is real and exists, and so like what did so Zeus came to Earth, guided the ancient Greeks, and then fucked off, and the Romans came along, like Roman gods came down, and we're like, oh hey, now you're gonna call us these names, and then they're just like, ah, we're tired of like taking care of Earth. Let's go. There's just there's so many implications in this movie of just like <laughs> how the universe is hopelessly broken. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Zeus in the in mythology is kind of a piece of shit, but that only excuses him for this, not anybody else. Yeah. One of the one of the things that gets me about this is that there's, I mean, people are already going around. Well, you know, Gore being around means that the uh, well, Necro Sword is there, yep. and then Null's going to be no like, You yeah. guys have seen this before. They take the title of something, mm-hmm. they're not going to adapt it. They're not even going to adapt the part you want, and then you're going to be sad in a couple of years. Just yeah, the the I mean the MCU has made that kind of its benefit in that they can harvest from the comics and then make their own thing, kind of, and and that they're not tied to all that continuity. But at the same time, you have to like build your own continuity, and that's what yeah that's what Thor has kind of like Ragnarok. Everybody liked it when it came out, and I was you know I thought it was fine, but it kind of bothered me that like they took the Warriors three who were kind of an integral part of the first two films yeah, and just fucking wipe them out in five yeah. minutes. And they, not only that, I think, so here's my guess. I, I think Taika Waititi doesn't like those characters because in this movie, um, there's like a quick recap in the beginning and um, they show like Hela killing the warriors three and then, and Korg's doing the, the voiceover and he's like, Oh, those dudes, whoever they are died. Yeah. It's and very, no, it's that, very like off, like, like he, he, it's almost, almost a diss. Yeah. And that, that's Taika Waititi voicing that character too. Yeah. So it's, and, 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 and uh, that was, I went down this whole rabbit hole of watching reviews of this movie, uh, just coincidentally. And there was like people interviewing with him and he talked about how he made this movie to be against Thor fans. 
And it was just like this, it's this hubris in Hollywood of making content that is uh, confrontational with the people you're trying to, th- you should be theoretically trying to court. You know, that was, that was I, I've, I've told this story before, but, you know, Tim is a Guardians of the Galaxy fan mm-hmm. uh, of the comics. Yeah. And when the Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I was like, I'll watch that because it's a Marvel movie. But I was more willing to watch it because Tim was like, oh, this looks good. And it was a pretty, it was a good movie. It was enjoyable. And I was like, I understand why you like these characters. But Tim liking it first is why I was even pushed to be interested in yeah. it. That's your brand ambassador. So when you take a character like Thor and you just kind of abandon the people that already like the character in attempt in pursuit of new people, then the same things happen with Star Trek and Star Wars now. And uh, it's just, it's just embarrassing. And I don't like Taika Waititi's style because uh, I didn't like Ragnarok because he made Thor a secondary character in his own movie. And yeah, and it's it's fine to have like it's fine to have those cameos where the person's not a primary character if it's their name's not on the fucking front of the film. But the movie's called Thor: Love and Thunder, the, or what was the last? No, Thor Ragnarok. Like the movie should be about Thor, not about Tessa Thompson, who I can only assume Taika Waititi is nailing because she has no business being in any fucking movie ever. She has she has no charisma. Didn't she do that? What was that? That Men uh, in Black. The UMIB thing. That yeah. also had oh, that was that was a. I I I saw that movie in theaters. Couldn't tell you anything about it. Yeah, that that should have been that should have been a like. Oh no, we're not putting these two together again. Yeah, because uh, Hemsworth is great as Thor. I mean, I thought he was great in the first and second Thor movie. Yeah. And I and I think he's good as Thor in the other Thor movies, but what I really liked is is the character growth in the first Thor movie, and then they reflect that character growth in Avengers. And then yeah. in two, it's he's kind of gotta go find himself again, and I don't want to be the king. And it's like, okay, so then we reset back to him with the Avengers, and he's gotta go on that you know, self-discovery mission to like, or no, what does he have to, he has to go on like a vision quest or something mm-hmm. to see that the infinity stones are coming. And yeah. it's just a way to remove him from the film for half of it. <laughs> because he wasn't available for shooting and, and it's, and they needed to tease the sequels. Yeah. And so then they've just kind of just keep putting, dropping him in generic movies where he doesn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to see this movie. And I think at this point I will have seen none of Marvel phase four. Yeah. Same, same here. I mean, like you were saying, just the, the open for the audience. I mean, I, I went through, I, I sat down and watched uh, Obi-Wan with a friend and it was, it was fine. I mean, there were some, I thought there were some good moments. There were some good ideas uh, similar to Hemsworth. I think, um, why? And then my brain just completely, Ewan McGregor, thank you, uh, like definitely showed up and has a deep love for this whole thing. But it's just, they tried to do thing. there were half-baked ideas in it, but then if you even mildly critique the half-baked ideas, like, gee, you know, maybe this, this one character who's been an insufferable bit for the whole thing suddenly turns good and now all is forgiven. They go, you just, you just don't like the actress. You just mm. don't like 
first you said I was like, no, I, I don't like the poor storytelling. Yeah. And then after seeing that, I turned around and I watched there's a fan film that's I don't know, thirteen minutes long called Kenobi that came out 2012, 2014, maybe a little later. Yes, it's shorter. Yes, they had less budget, but it shows more love for the thing than the big production. And and it's just it's weird to me that that people keep returning to these things over and over when they're being told you know, consume the slop and don't dare say anything. Yeah. With, with Kenobi at the red letter media review, I thought it was so funny how the fact that it was just like pretty competently done and didn't, didn't directly contradict anything prior to it and kind of held its contempt back from being right in your face. They were like, ah, yeah, this is, it's watchable. And and that's that's like a passing grade now for media is, oh, it's it's not like actively antagonistic to towards <laughs> you as a viewer. So yeah, it's fine. I watch it. And I and I think that the honestly the most fun I had with that was afterwards talking with my buddy about well, what if they went this way? What if they went that way? We could have seen this, man. That would have been cool. That it was the conversation after not watching the thing itself, which is too bad. Did we talk about the Obi-Wan show on an episode and I gave my pitch for what that series should be? I don't recall. If, no. Well, hmm. I don't know. That might've been Tim. And I think I that was a, like a, yeah, I think it was a private chat, but we were talking about that show. And I said, what you should have made was like a, a John wick with Obi-Wan Kenobi where he has to uh, make a deal with the huts to protect the, the Lars homestead so that they will get left alone and kind of be the huts will because that's the only way you can explain why nobody goes and looks at the fucking nothing happened, nothing yeah. happened for yeah. 20 years is the huts kind of cover up the existence of those people. And so Obi-Wan is forced to kind of bend his Jedi ideals in order to f- meet the goals of like his greater purpose, which is to make sure Luke comes of age. And then that pushes a wedge between him and the Lars, which is why right. he's not allowed to talk to them and why he's referred to as an old hermit because he's moving around doing like dirty work for the huts for the intervening years. And uh, yeah, so that was my pitch for what that show could be. And you don't have Darth Vader in it. Cause that to no. me is, is <laughs> the him fighting Darth Vader in the middle of that sh- show is like completely undermines the whole thing in the original movie where they're like, Oh yeah, I haven't seen you for 20 years. Yeah, yeah and, that, and don't get me wrong. There was some cool fight choreography, but I would agree with you when when they were when they did this kind of fight and then pull back. I was like, what? What is this? What? It, why? I felt like the only reason Darth Vader is in this new show is to give like Hayden Christensen like a second chance. You know, <laughs> it's because you and McGregor and Hayden Christensen probably had a uh, favored nations clause in their original. Um, contracts for the the prequel movies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so when they're like we're gonna make uh, a obi-wan kenobi series who want you and mcgregor to be in it they were forced to give hayden christensen some form of uh commiserate compensation that's what i would guess if i had to if i looked at it purely from a like why have this from a non-story reason that that's you know that's just yeah. con- conjecture but mm-hmm. that's why we have star trek five Favored nations clauses, but uh, let's get. Speaking of Star Trek Five, here's what I don't get: Star Trek cocktails. Um, so a user in our Discord, AGSYZ, um, a 
about a month ago, shortly after I came move came up here to St. Louis. Uh, he bought me a humble bundle online of these digital Star Trek books. And most of them were, you know, like technical manuals and stuff. But one of them was this, this book of Star Trek cocktails. And I like cocktails. Um, I'd like to think I'm kind of good at making cocktails. I would like to agree. And, and I, I like uh, Star Trek. So it seemed that, Hey, this might be a fun thing to, you know, for, for me to do. So uh, I went ahead and I tried seven of these cocktails and I'm want to bring this in is this is a spite producer request by virtue of the gift. And also, you know, if these were good, I would say these are good cocktails, but they are the opposite of good cocktails. <laughs> so if you're watching along on YouTube, I have pictures of, I, I have the recipes and I also have the pictures of the drinks that I made so that you can see, like, I did not half ass this at all. And um, one of my favorite cocktails is the old fashioned. It's like classic go cocktail. To. Yeah, it's definitely a go to. So I was like, Captain Kirk has a co- has an old fashioned. Let's start there. There's there's no way no way to go but down from the old fashioned, right? Wrong. This is the worst fucking old fashioned I've ever had. Um, first off, it's a sugar cube old fashioned, and mm. I'm I'm a simple syrup old fashioned guy. Oh, yeah. I'll make a sugar cube old fashioned. Every now and again, but uh, they tend to not be as sweet. And the syrup mixes better. Syrup mixes better. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, the sugar cube doesn't dissolve. So and yeah, you you always end up with like this. There's one that I make. I make it's called the Derringer Old Fashioned, and it's it's an ounce of bullet rye and an ounce of bullet bourbon, and then a, a sugar cube saturated with bitters. And what it does is, like, you have the spiciness of the rye and the sweetness of the bourbon, a little bit of sweetness of the sugar, and the drink gets sweeter as you drink it. That didn't happen with this. And this drink is indicative of, like, the whole book. Because the book is not just offensive as a Star Trek farce. It's also offensive as a drinker's manual. (laughs) Because they take a simple recipe like an old-fashioned, which is, you know, bourbon, simple syrup, and bitters and they're like let's add club soda to it for literally no fucking reason uh-huh. Uh-huh. In, the, in the recipe it has you add a single drop of soda so it's like i paid 89 cents for this this bottle of club soda right here i use basically none of it i i made a double because i love old fashions and that was a huge fucking mistake because i had to force <laughs> myself through this drink i use jane t kirk straight bourbon whiskey now the recipe says you should use templeton rye because it's an iowa-based whiskey and i don't have any fucking templeton rye uh so i just i went with james t kirk bourbon this it, i mean it was so bad i ended up i ended up adding uh to make this quasi drinkable i thought the club soda was going to go in at the back end of the the mixing to like make it bubbly and effervescent uh-huh. that was not the case so what I ended up doing was I added more simple syrup, I stirred it all up in the glass, and then I added the club soda, and it was like as you do with most cocktails that have club soda. Yeah, it you was top mo- it with it. moderately drinkable. Uh, I forced myself through it, and oh god, I I was so disappointed. I knew it's only downhill from here when I tried the Cisco Saz- Sazerac. Uh, now I did have to modify this recipe. I didn't use the absinthe because I couldn't find any quickly so you know all you do is rinse the glass with it i didn't figure it makes that much of a difference um but here's what bothers me about this 
So this book, it jumps between like illustrations. I think you can tell what ones are real drinks that they've made and which ones aren't because they'll use illustrations for some of them. Like this Kirk's is an illustration of a glass. And now this is uh-huh. obviously an old fashioned glass. I don't know why it's served with a straw, but for the Sazerac, they, this is a picture of a real drink someone made. And what I don't understand, if you're going to call it Cisco Sazerac, why would you not use a glass that looks like the glass that he uses in <laughs> fucking in I want Moonlight. that glass. I want that glass. Yeah. So when I made mine, of course, I found a glass that looks vaguely in my collection that looks vaguely like the one he's using because I'm not mm-hmm. a fucking moron. And I made this Sazerac. And the Sazerac was honestly probably the best of the bunch. Huh. Um, it was completely drinkable. Uh, it seemed to be a pretty standard Sazerac recipe. I, I was able to stomach it down. Uh, and then I went to the 23rd century Manhattan and um, a lot of what these are is they took like a standard recipe and just varied the ratios to, to make it and then added weird ingredients. So the 23rd century Manhattan, they want you to add a, a plum or rhubarb bitters, which I couldn't fucking find anywhere. You have to I've order, never heard of that. Yeah, you, you have to order it online or make it yourself. And, and only, that, is, that yeah. is one of the things about this book as a cocktail book. Um, what this book needs at the beginning is a list of ingredients that are how to make them, what they are, and if it's something you need to make yourself or something you can buy. So I know that they make different like fruit bitters. You can get peach, yeah. orange, et cetera, et cetera. So, but I'd have to go order these online. And as Tim discovered last year, when you try, you usually can't buy a single random fruit bitters. It's nope. usually in a pack of random garbage yes. bitters. Uh huh. Like celery. Yeah. There's one place in Tulsa that I know of that sold uh, fruit bitters individually. And this obviously, I don't live in Tulsa anymore, so I couldn't get my hands on it. So I didn't add these optional dashes because I couldn't fucking find any. But also, it's supposed to be... I. I I believe there's supposed to be dry vermouth in this recipe as well as sweet vermouth. Um, it's only one dash of Angostura, and there's more rye than what's supposed to be in here. So they just like slightly vary these and go, oh, yeah, this is a 23rd century Manhattan. But here, here's another re- way why this book is bad. The way you make a Manhattan is you combine the ingredients in a mixing glass that's filled to the brim with ice. Mm-hmm. And then you pour it into a chilled glass. And the reason why you do that is you want it to be very, very cold because you want to close down the flavors. It's something you drink quickly, not something you sip on like an old fashioned. And this recipe has you make all the ingredients in a chilled glass without any ice. So you're all, you, the only temperature variance you get is however cold you can get the glass before you start adding warm the, room temperature r- liquids. Yeah. So it's it's a fully open flavor. It's like it tasted like a Manhattan that's been sitting out for 25 minutes straight out. And it was terrible. It's like vermouth is it needs vermouth needs to be chilled to be good. And you're just you like the bitters are really coming through. It was it was awful. And here's my picture of that. And also, look at this. This is a standard coupe glass, a cocktail glass. Their recipe doesn't even <laughs> fucking fill the thing halfway. And again, you know, uh, what I, I varied different. I used different whiskeys for every one of these. I used my Crown Rye 16-year-old for this because I wanted a rye whiskey. 
Uh, so I'm uh, going into Sulu, San Francisco. Another one that's a drawing, not an, an image. Um, now this goes into a cocktail glass, not a pi- American pint glass, despite what they show pictured. And this one was also kind of drinkable in that, you know, it, there was nothing too offensive. It was shaken with ice. It was nice and cold. Um, and I, this is probably the number two of the cocktails that I drank in this. And there it is, served in a cocktail glass. Very, very well done. Lots of presentation. I bet, I bet the slow gin was pulling a lot of that weight, though. Yeah, slow gin was yeah. pulling a lot of that weight. It's kind of hard to fuck up a, a drink with slow gin yeah. in it. Uh, then I went with the mint julep, classic mint julep, which, again, they fuck up because they have you use um, a, a tablespoon, a teaspoon and a half of simple syrup, which is an obscenely small amount of That's simple nothing. syrup to put in something. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, old fashioned is made with fucking powdered sugar. It's in the goddamn picture in your fucking book. You add powdered sugar and mint leaves to a splash of water in the base of your of your mint julep glass, or in this case, an old fashioned glass. You muddle it to get the mint to mix with the sugar and become that nice sweet spearmint flavor. Then you add your bourbon on top and stir and pack the fucker full of ice. Like I. Uh, and so again, they, you know, they crush the mint leaves, you crush the mint leaves and then you add the syrup, thus not crushing the mint leaves <laughs> into the syrup to uh, get the fucking sweetness of the flavor. Like you guys fundamentally God. don't understand how cocktails work. No. I'm not a bartender. <laughs> I don't even drink cocktails and I know that. Damn. I, yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm just a home bar guy that knows how to make these things and not even off the top of my head. Like I have a I have a giant whiskey cocktail ingredients list of cocktails I've been working my way through for the last two years. Um, And, you know, the mint, mint julep is one of the early ones because it's so fucking easy to make. And I think it's made with Tennessee whiskey. Uh, So here's my mint julep. You know, I, I tried to make get a glass that kind of matched the one that was there. Four Roses small batch. I used simple syrup, it, and it was again, it was drinkable. It was it's fine, but it's like it. Unlike they were able to not fuck up the mint julep enough to not make it drinkable. Unlike <laughs> the old fashioned, uh, which then this so that was where I switched out. I ran out of whiskey cocktails that I had all the ingredients or the will to make, so I went into some gin ones, and um, this. This is one, I haven't made a drink with egg white in it before, but again, this is a drawing, not a picture of a drink, so I don't think anyone tried to drink this. I do love that it says, like, Cointreau, uh, orange liqueur in there, or or triple sec is yeah. also an orange liqueur. Um, like, they want to make sure you have those kinds of details, and that's an important thing to remember, because in a moment... I will get to why the uh, more reasons why this book is just terrible. Now, this was again. This is just a martini. This is just a gin martini with Cointreau and egg white. I don't even think I finished this. It was super okay for a gin drink. Yeah, <laughs> I'd much rather have a Vesper if I'm going to drink a gin drink because at least I get hammered on those very quickly. So I went to the Borg Queen, and again, this is a drawing. So I don't think anyone tried this. No, uh, because. So this this drink has you muddle a pineapple in the bottom of your cocktail shaker, which all that does is release the pineapple juice. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, and then you strain all that out. So why not just add a half an ounce of pineapple juice? And I'm pretty <laughs> sure step. Yeah. this is a pineapple martini. 
This is not some Borg queen. I don't know why they chose pineapple for the Borg queen. No. The Borg queen doesn't make me think of Hawaiian tropical fruitiness. <laughs> At uh, the very least, I would like, it, it would be a green drink. Well, like they use Midori. Yeah, they, they had a bunch of green drinks, but they were either Vulcan or Romulan or Klingon. Like, there were a bunch of green drinks in this book. I but, would... Uh, uh, the first, does, is there not a recipe for blood wine in here? No, there's no blood wine. There's no Romulan ale. There's nothing that you would think there should be. Like, I have a list of specifically Star Trek drinks in my in my uh, cocktail list. Sumerian Sunset, Romulan uh-huh. Ale Fizz, Plomic Tea, Prime Directive, Rissikian Flute, Stovacor, where no man has gone before, Guinan's Negroni. There's like a, uh, what's, what's, the, what's the Klingon coffee? Why can I not think of this word? Ractigino. It's like a Ractigino Irish coffee. Uh, none of those are in this book, which shocks me. Um, and and then you have drinks like this, which are at the at best mediocre. And again, not enough not enough recipe for the glass you're asking for. Like part of the cocktail making of a cocktail is knowing the glass it's going into and finding a way to serve it that makes the glass look nice. If your glass is half empty, this is as a bartender, right? If I'm if I'm charging you eight dollars a drink for this nice mixed drink or more, and I serve you a coup glass that is half empty, you're gonna be like, "What the fuck?" Mm-hmm. Like my favorite bar in Tulsa, they served this same glassware, a Manhattan that was to the brim, two Luxardo cherries on a skewer resting on the edge of the cup, so you could tell you were getting your money's worth. Because the recipe was made to fill the glasses it's in. And this is a standard size glass. Fuck, it pisses me off. So that now these so the rest of these are not recipes that I tried, but it just goes to show um how terrible this book is. So this this is Uncle Chekhov's Vanya, or this is Chekhov's Uncle Vanya, which is just a blackberry vodka drink. And it has gome syrup, which is a rich simple syrup, which is two to one sugar and water with uh, gum Arabic mixed in makes it like a thicker syrup. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this recipe is in the first chapter of the book and it has gummy syrup in it. Now I just kind of scrolled through and I chose not to, to do some of these cause I was like, uh, I don't have gummy syrup, but then I noticed I was, when I was going back through, this one tells you what it is, but the others later in the, in the book don't tell you that what's gummy syrup. So it's like you need to pick one, which is why I think the beginning of the book needs to have these are all the ingredients that this book uses. Now you can check off which ones you have so you have an idea of like what kind of things you'll be able to make. Uh, this one pisses me off. This is a live long and prosper. It is one and a quarter fluid ounces of tequila, two tablespoons of grapefruit juice, two tablespoons of raspberry syrup, and one and a half ounces of soda water. And then there's an additionally a bottle of homemade Trixie and bubble juice. Now, Tim, have you seen Trixie and bubble juice at the liquor stores? I'm trying to think what my favorite brand of Trixie and bubble juice is. Yeah. And it's the one that doesn't exist. Doesn't fucking exist because <laughs> this is a drink that literally exists in Star Trek and not in the fucking real world. Wait, so this isn't those those old sodas with the, the little bubble things in them, right? Not the same thing. No, no, this is okay. this is a drink that exists in Star Trek, and that's it. 
And there's not a recipe in this book for how to make your homemade Trixie and Bubble Juice. It's not the previous page? Nope. Not on the previous (laughs) page. Not earlier in the book. Not in this recipe. It's the only recipe that uses Trixie and Bubble Juice. And the... The recipe here doesn't even say substitute. I think the soda water might be the substitute for the Trixie and bubble juice. I don't fucking know, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm th- I'm thinking that it can't be because you stirred this in. It needs to have something like aha, uh-huh, it's Trixie and bubble yeah, juice. That yeah. totally real drink. But I don't think the person that copied this off the internet somewhere even <laughs> knows that that's not a real thing. <laughs> well, and at first I thought that colon after bubble juice, I was like, oh, so they're 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 doing a wink and a nod, and then it's the other stuff. But that's nowhere near an amount of. A oh, there is a colon point, after. Why don't you after just say? Well, juice. you make the Trixie and Bubble Juice, and then you make the tequila. Oh, is is this this is the the mix of the Trixie I and guess. Bubble Juice? I think I think but so. But that's not clear. Yeah. No, it's really not clear. Uh, it should say like Trixie and Bubble Juice recipe. In parentheses, yeah, exactly. Break it down if it's gonna. Yeah. So it's. Uh, in in which case you don't even say homemade Trixie and Bubble Juice. It's just these ingredients. Right. Yeah. The, the book is terrible, and then we get to Scotty's. Rusty Nail. Now, Rusty Nail. <laughs> I love that there's a, an ingredient list for a Rusty Nail. It's a very simple drink. It's one-to-one scotch and drambuie. That's it. And, and a lemon peel. And for whatever reason, again, they were like, what if instead of one-to-one, it was like 10-to-1 scotch drambuie, and we put an orange in there instead. Now it's a Star Trek one, you know, because Scotty loves oranges. Uh-huh. It's so fucking stupid and insulting the way this th- this has been made to just mock you, mock you as a Star Trek fan, mock you as a cocktail fan. It's, it's reprehensible, and it's also offensive to me as a fan of Star Trek because... So there were there were drinks in here that were based only on the new stuff. There was like a Picard's Earl Grey martini, which is just a martini with Earl Grey poured into Ugh, it for no disgusting. reason. Yeah, it sounded awful. Uh, there was there was uh, Captain Pike had a drink for the new uh, Brave New Worlds. Um, there was uh, the spaceship that's in Picard has a drink. The so they were trying to make this like bridge all of the things but i guarantee you uh, the ones that i had the drinks that i had were terrible they're not good i wouldn't if if not even not even bad to the point where you know sometimes i would try i would try a bunch of these cocktails in my my cocktail list and then tim trucking and tucking and i would get together for movie night and i'd say hey try these cocktails maybe it's something i didn't like but I thought maybe they would like the flavors mm-hmm. and, and we would all try them again and go like, yeah, this is good. This is not so good. I wouldn't even give them to them to try them. <laughs> like, like I'll, I will never make one of these cocktails for anyone under any circumstance. If anyone ever said like, Oh, I've got a Star Trek cocktail book for you. I'm going to punch them in the face. Uh, it's, I just, I, I, there, there's a YouTube channel that Tim introduced me to called uh, How to Drink. Yeah. And the first video from that guy you showed me was him making Star Trek cocktails. He made like Romulan Ale. Uh, he made a, a Warp Core Breach. He made a couple of different ones. Mm-hmm. And his recipes all sounded like they could be drinkably good. And I just... 
I don't get, this is so like slapdash thrown together by some intern who's just like, yeah, let's get some art. Let's get some recipes off the internet, punch up a little thing about, oh, you know, the Vulcans all love their plomic tea. And, and here's how you can make an, an alcoholic one at home. You know, Romulans are known for being so sneaky and here, this one will sneak into you, into you, you know, making you happy. And then it's just like every page had a quote from the show and then there'd be like an inner interval between chapters and the chapters were like drinks for different times of the night. Cause there are drinks that should be served at different times because of what they, their contents are. Yes. And uh, those would just be like scripts from episodes or scenes where people are drinking. Like there's the whole segment from the episode where the enterprise is being stolen by the guys trying to take it to a distant galaxy. And Scotty has to defeat a person by drinking him under the table which is what that picture in Scotty's rest and ale is, is him worshiping the bottle of scotch that he's about to put the guy into the table with. Um, it It's, it's just lazy marketing to try and get someone who's like 19 and likes Star Trek and likes, and wants <laughs> to try cocktails to be like, Oh, Star Trek cocktail recipe book. Let me try that. And then they decide to vote for prohibition because all of that shit is so fucking bad. They can't imagine allowing another human being to ever drink any of it ever again. I think I actually, I know the audience, the audience is pe other people in your life tab. What do you people mean? People that know you. That's oh. the audience for this book is people that know you. <laughs> They'll see it in a Barnes and Noble and be like, oh, that's perfect for Tam. <laughs> and I'll just have a fucking stack of them. Yeah. Oh, another one of these. That's great. Yeah, I can't wait to try some of these. Uh you're you're too right. There's there's got oh man. It was it was it was bad. I know I and I think I think AGSYZ for the gift. Um it was very nice. A lot of the other books have been like most of them are not about the new stuff. Uh yeah. So there is a lot of them are, are good. I've been like flipping through them. It's, it's basically updates of the technical manuals from the series when they were out, but with like way better artwork and, and, and just like the same write-ups. And I get, I have fun reading about how the fucking transporters work and how the pattern buffer works. So those are good, but he specifically wanted me to review this cocktail book. And here's the review zero stars, um, it should be, it should be Captain Tyrell point a phaser at its own face and disintegrate itself, uh, due to a steady eel stuck in its brain. That is what this book deserves. So, uh, that's my first issue this week. And that brings us to Miller episode, which means it's time for this episode is brought hey, to it's you a by the Ricada News Network. Definitely not fake news. Didn't even plan that. That's a random drop. I know people will never believe it. I've been coming up a fair bit in the rotation lately, I think. Yeah, the computer's probably like, it says it's random, but it's not as random as it thinks. Well, that's true randomness, really. Yeah. Uh, so, Tim, what news do we have today? Uh, well, for our first couple of news stories, we're taking a trip to India. Um, these come from uh, RNN uh, anchor, now official anchor, Dad Cucks. Ah, nice. um, he's been doing some... Uh, some reporting from India. Um, a on Friday, a newborn baby boy died tragically in India when a pack of monkeys stole him from his parents and threw him off of a roof. Holy shit! This belongs on the creep off. God damn! One of those hard, one of those hard dumb dinosaurs stole a baby. <laughs> That's a good joke. Is, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah. So I wouldn't uh, want to think that Paki's like a racial term referring to someone <laughs> from a specific country. That would be wrong. <laughs> yeah. So according to reports, uh, the family was standing on their third floor roof terrace, uh, man, wife and child. When the, when a pack of monkeys landed on the roof and surrounded them, uh, the husband tried to run away with the four month old when he unfortunately dropped the baby. Uh, one of the monkeys quickly grabbed it before he could pick it up and then th- proceeded to throw the kid over the side of the house. Holy shit. Fuck monkeys, man. Yeah. Um, Biggest problem. Vote him up. <laughs> I guess these monkeys are really big fans of Eric Clapton. <laughs> Ah, that is, that is terrible. That is terrible. Is it? Yes. Yes, it is. Well, for another Indian related, uh, animal story, um, uh, I I guess the, the same week, uh, in a different, different location, uh, a 70 year old woman was attacked by a wild elephant as she was walking to collect, uh, water in her local town. Uh, the elephant strayed from a local wildlife sanctuary. Um, the elephant attacked her and she was rushed to the hospital, but she succumbed to her injuries. Um, Man. And of course, later they were holding the funeral when the same elephant <laughs> <laughs> crashed the funeral and grabbed her body and trampled it again before, <laughs> before fleeing away. That's incredible. Oh my god! Really had a vendetta. That is like Damn. a that is like a dude who is reincarnated as an elephant. Is like I'm gonna fuck this bitch up in yep. the next lifetime. Like she was a school teacher and um, he was a kid, and she just like gave him hell. Uh, was was the worst teacher of all time. He died in a tragic accident and was reincarnated as an elephant. Uh, I'm paying my respects to this bitch. My <laughs> feet. Uh. I mean, at that point, you just got to let let the elephant have it. Yeah. 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 Uh, Nothing you can do at that point. No. Well, there's obviously, obviously she wronged this elephant in some way. Clearly. clearly. Freak accident. He tramples it the first time. It's like, oh my God, this is a, a, this is an atrocity, a travesty. This is a a terrible mistake. Wrong place at the wrong time. Who could have foreseen it? But the elephant comes to your funeral to fuck your ass up again. Like you did something wrong. (laughs) Elephants never forget. They know no. I, it knows you. It, this bitch did something to this mm-hmm. elephant in this life or a previous life, and and she got everything she deserved. She probably oh, yeah. got more than she deserved. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of things that shouldn't exist, uh, our next news story comes to us. It's a local story. It comes to us from Oklahoma. Apparently, a nine-year-old from Blue Jacket, Oklahoma, is getting national attention. For being one of the 200 finalists in the USA mullet championship. What? Why does this exist? I don't know. Um, so yeah, he's one of the top 200. Uh, also in the contest is another kid from Skyatuck. Uh, he's one of the 80 finalists in the teen division of the USA mullet championship. Oh no. Um, Why do we have two competitors in the mullet championship? In because different divisions. This, we should be embarrassed by this. You we guys should, should be. be embarrassed by this. I'm not from Oklahoma anymore. I denounce <laughs> it. I am party all around, not just in the back. Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, once I, I was working and uh, 
this this family was came by and they were like like turn your head shocking ginger haired you know the the kind of ginger that like is as bright as the sun mm-hmm. um and i remember seeing the kid who was probably like nine or ten had uh he was very ginger had a cornrow um he had cornrows right but it was also uh this with the sides shaved so it was a cornrow undercut and the cornrows gathered into the back of his skull and draped into a mullet that had a rat tail. Amazing. Just a combination of the worst haircuts in the world. Oh man. I remember last year, the last time I got my haircut in like May of 2021, uh, the lady was cutting my hair and she was like, yeah, the mullet's making a comeback. And I thought, uh, no, no way. No way. No one could possibly think that was a good hairstyle again. Mm-hmm. But everyone's hair grew out during being forced to stay home and not allowed to get getting yep. haircuts. And they were like, well, I kind of like the length in the back, but I you know, don't like my hair in my face. So maybe I'll get the top cut short and leave the long hair in the back. And now we have fucking mullets again. Way to go. Yep. Thanks, Anthony Fauci, Damn. you son of a bitch. <laughs> now we've got mullet so championships. You got to tell me, did, did that kid have pit vipers or not? Uh, got to. <laughs> I don't remember, but probably he had to have had probably. I, I think it's yeah. illegal. In order to be a competitor in the mullet championships, you have to have a pit vipers. But yep. you you don't wear them on the front of your face. You wear them on the back of your head. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. yes. With the eyes shaved into the the hair. All right. You you don't want to be out of regulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, our last news story is from Hollywood. Um. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, of course, is the number two movie of uh, of this year so far, uh, only being bested by Spider Man. Oh, um, but a lot of people are saying that you know this the Top Gun because of its like longevity in the box office is like finally they're back, right? Films are back. We can go. We can go back and make money. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, there's, some people have a problem with that, uh, particularly Sony. Uh, mind you, Top Gun was not a Sony movie. Sony no. has nothing to do with Top Gun, but the uh, co-presidents of the Sony Pictures Motion Picture Group say that Sony deserves some credit for Top Gun's box office dominance. The way they see it um, is the one of the first. They say that one of the first big um, uh, movie weekends after the pandemic was Venom Two. Uh, oh, they're followed, saying Venom Two was the, is the the precursor to movies. Being they're back. saying that Venom Two, followed by Ghostbusters Afterlife, and then followed, of course, by Spider Man. Uh, <laughs> okay, I you know I would have given them Spider Man, but you need to yeah. throw those other. The, it's like you know when in school where you you get a, a group project and it's like you have the valedictorian, yep. and then two stoner burnouts, yeah, and the, you know the project gets an A. Like ah oh, yeah, like yeah. um like Wayne Gretzky and his brother have the most hockey goals for any two brothers in the NHL. Uh huh. Because one of them is Wayne Gretzky, and and the like the brother has like one or two goals. Yeah, he has yeah. like nine goals in his whole career. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, these two these two guys are saying yeah, all our our shitty movies paved the way for Top Gun. <laughs> I think Top Gun being like a competently well done movie where there's a plot and characters and arcs and things 
has a lot more to do than the fact that like Spider-Man was in theaters. I think so too. I think that even dumb audiences realize that either they realize that or they realize that there's something about this movie that is, makes it good. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to see it, but everything I I have not heard anyone say any criticism of the movie that it's bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was way better than I expected. I was yeah. sequel to a movie that old, but no, it was, it was legitimately. Fun. Yeah. I mean, it has a lot to, in my mind has a lot of stacked against it as far as, you know, it's, it's a late in life sequel. It's, uh, you know, you've got Tom Cruise, but yeah, they, man, they made something that is worth seeing. Uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. was a huge movie, but it's a Marvel movie at this point. It's Spider-Man. He's yeah. He's the biggest superhero of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, well, is that it for the news? It is. Well, this has been the Ricky, the news network. Definitely not fake news. And that takes care of our legal obligations this week, Tim, but you know, it doesn't take care of what, um, saying thank you to us for paving the way to getting movies back into theaters. (laughs) Because uh, we saw Sonic before the pandemic, and really, if you think about it, mm-hmm. you know, that was a precursor to movies oh, yeah. leaving and coming back. So you're welcome, everyone. And if you want to help us with that project, you can visit us at patreon.com forward slash HWIDG, which stands for... Here's what I don't get. Which is the name of the show. And over there, we have five tiers. We have the one buck tier, which gets you early access to each, each week's episode, plus our monthly minisodes. We have our $2 tier. We throw the random bits and bobs we do now and again. We have our $5 tier. We do a monthly bonus episodes here's what i do get which we just aborted one this week um (laughs) unfortunately abortion is illegal in the state that i live in and the state that tim lives in so catch us we're we're going to federal pound you in the ass prison now uh so the show is actually going to end this week uh, on account of that late-term abortion as the the podcast was already in process of being recorded before it was aborted um, so, you know, tough luck. We have our $10 tier. We do our monthly movie commentaries where you, the fans, submit a film. You vote on what film we watch, and we watch and record a fictional commentary. And then finally, we have our $50 spite producer tier where you get a say in the show. You can um, ask for a special guest. You can ban people from the Discord. You can uh, ban limit voicemailers. You can make yourself a guest in the show like Jay has. You can ask for a special issue, special bonus content, anything that your heart desires. We will try our utmost to fulfill and we want to say thank you to all our patrons big and small we would not be doing the show without you and we've been doing the show for six years all thanks to your generosity so thank you so much everyone who's ever supported the show be it one dollar or five hundred dollars as some people have have probably contributed at this point yeah so anyway well let's get into some issues jay what is your issue this week sure here's what i don't get no higher authority. I know this is almost the opposite of something I called in a while ago about people not meeting you at your level, but I know when I'm out of my depth and I need help. I have an eGPU for my laptop. A little box, has a power supply, has a graphics card, next laptop by Thunderbolt. I can watch movies out on the couch, I can play games out there. And then I don't have to deal with like the GeForce Steam Link nonsense. So my old one had problems to the point where I fought with Razer to get a refund for something they said couldn't possibly have problems. But then I got another one from a Chinese company. It's called Mantis, M-A-N-T-I-Z. 
But you know what? It had good reviews. It seemed like it would be a bit better. And I thought, hey, I switched these out. I tested it out. That's fine. No. After, I don't know, like eight months, it starts freaking out on me. Uh, and so it starts randomly disconnecting. You know, middle blue screen laptop jet engine shuts off. So I go through all these hoops. I talk to Lenovo. Uh, I dig through forums. Support for Mantis is non-existent. I go through all these steps. Finally get it after doing something I shouldn't have had. Two months later, the thing comes back, except none of the other fixes work. And everything I look at online loops back to things I've already tried. And at this point, I'd be willing to pay for help because I'm I'm stumped. I have pages and pages of single space notes, and it hasn't done shit. Mantis asked me if I had another laptop to test it with. I was like, guys, if I had that kind of money, why wouldn't I just get a new everything? <laughs> I mean, I would I would pay for help. You know, I would throw like a hundred bucks at somebody if they could just get it to work. And this isn't the only time I've had something like this. My, I know Tab's going to shit on me for owning a Honda. I don't care. I'm prepared for it. I, uh, I love Honda. My, my motorcycle's a Honda. You were ripping. You were ripping on somebody in the Discord for Honda. Oh no, Carl and I have this fight about because okay. my ex. So it's not. It's not all. Honda. all right. Yeah. But I had a. Uh, so I had an. This happened with my Insight. This hap- This has gone through about four phones, three versions of Android at this point, and now two cars where it'll drop Bluetooth. It'll over time. It'll turn off. Being able to do music so only counts as a phone, turns that off, refuses to connect, completely drops the phone. And I've done all the developer settings stuff. I, I basically, there's a point where you have to put the Konami code in with the shifter on the Accord to get it to reset the head unit for it to work. And only and only sometimes does that help. Yeah. I talked to Honda, I of course talked to Honda. I take it in there for some other service. And I was like, guys, what am I, what am I doing? They're like, well, you're doing it wrong. How am I doing it? Well, your phone's not on this list. Like, oh, the list of phones you haven't updated since 2016 that they don't make anymore? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that list. I was like, great. It's, it's, so I go, I, again, I go online. I just, nobody knows what to do when I can't talk to anyone. I can't talk to people who program the stupid thing. I can't talk to whoever's making Bluetooth standards. And, and it just, I just have to deal with it. And there's no, there's nowhere I can go that isn't, page after page of either the useless generic solutions or other people all running into the same thing and then the thread dies because everybody is stuck. I mean, I I swear I don't wake up in the morning trying to find these obscure little problems, but they all come for me just the same. And and I I don't know what I don't know what else to do at this point. I just keep finding all of these dead ends in my life. And it's like, oh, you know, you're you're in the future. You can pay for stuff with your watch and all that. It doesn't matter. None of it fucking works right, and I can't get any help. And you feel like a crazy person. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like you're trying to do something impossible. This happened to me today, where I was I was working in an Excel document, and I was making a magic sheet for the life mm-hmm. plot of the theater that I work in now. And I, I make a magic sheet is, is basically like a quick reference of where things are and people format them differently depending on the way they think. And I have a way that I like to format my magic sheets and the act of making a magic sheet is usually enough to like start to just build it into your brain where stuff is. And one of the things I do in my magic sheets is I color code my like systems of light based on what color is in 
you know, I, I have in the slot. So if it's purple, <clears throat> it's got a little purple header. If it's blue, it's got a little blue header, et cetera, and so forth. For ones that are um, multicolored, I've always put a gradient of color in them. And yeah. so I'm working on my work-issued Mac computer, and I cannot find the settings to make a color gradient in my fill cells. And I'm like, I know this exists. I know that I've done this before. And so I'm like looking up how to add a color gradient in my fills. It's like you go into this button and this button and this button, and then you click fill options and there's an option to put a gradient. And I click and I get to fill options and there's no fucking option to put a fill in the gradient. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? So then I start to go into how do I do this in Mac? Oh, and on the Mac version of Microsoft Excel, they removed the ability to put gradients in fill cells in 2016. They left it in for all the the Windows versions going oh, since then. But but the Mac one, they just took that out. You Mac users, you don't need that. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Microsoft does that with a lot of stuff in Mac Office. Like you can't you can't export some certain thing. You can't have what was it, a SharePoint calendar in there? I mean, I've heard people work complain about it. like, I can't do this. Oh, well, because they just gradually start shaving features off. And why would an Apple's footsteps? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's like, just fucking leave the shit there that already works. Yeah. Uh, I've told this story before, I think, but it's like yours where I used to run this lighting software for the band that I work for that's by American DJ. And the software was dog shit. Like, it was so horribly buggy. And there was a for, like American DJ had a forum where you could ask questions about this. And there were like people that worked for American DJ for a while that would answer questions. And then the guy just disappeared one day. And for about a year and a half, there was just nobody on the forums that knew how to fix any of that stuff, except for me and like three or four other guys who would, someone would ask a question and we'd be like, okay, what version are you using? Don't use that version. The new versions have all these bugs. You need to be using like the February 2014 version or whatever, whatever the year was that we were working in this, because that was the last stable release where you didn't have these problems. And they're like, well, I built my whole show in the... You know, the later versions, like, yeah, they're not backwards compatible, so you're going to have to build it from scratch. Otherwise, you're going to have to get used to your show like crashing every 90 minutes. And uh, and it was like, well, can someone from like American DJ help us? There's nobody left. We're the, <laughs> we're the only people that seem to care that this product exists. Um, and then finally, I, I got banned because they did eventually have a mod join. And I, at that point, mm -hmm. I was so fed up that when people would ask questions about things like, yeah, you should actually switch to this other brand. It's a similar software. Yeah, you're going to spend more money, but they have user support. They Their software works better and their stuff's not proprietary. And uh, that didn't the American DJ people did not like that. So I got banned. One of my many Internet bands over the years. And the thing with the thing with Honda was when I went when I went in there, I, there was a point where I don't remember what it was on the inside. This is before I, I got it taken away from me by that asshole in the camera. I was lent, I think, a 2015 SIP. Totally like two days I had. I was like, so you guys had it at one point. You guys had the standard. You had it working perfectly. And then you're like, you know what? This is just too simple. We we can't have this. People might like our cars. We have to fuck it up. Uh, something similar happened to me once with a rental car. We rented like a Ford Fusion or whatever the sedan was at the time. And 
connected Bluetooth and we were listening to Bluetooth off my phone. And then we stopped for gas. And the Bluetooth just never worked again for the rest of the road trip. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Disconnected the battery, pulled the fuse from the radio. <laughs> just just wouldn't connect again. For not even your car. Yeah. <laughs> it was it wow. was bizarre. Never figured it out. Yeah, I and for the for the Lenovo one, I there was a point where I'm I finally figure out what's going on. So basically there's the there's the BIOS update for the laptop, and then there's a specific update for the Thunderbolt chip on there. Separate from the BIOS, which mine would never take. I had to do, it's it's deeply stupid. I had to start it from a Windows flash drive. You're not supposed to be able to make any more in a safe mode and then immediately hammer on the update until it took it, then go back to my machine and then confirm that it was on the right version. So I call Lenovo and I say, you remember that thing I asked you about that stumped you? I found out what it was. And they're like, oh, great. I said, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to write this down because I have seen beyond the veil. The next person who comes to you, you need to tell them, you need to spread this. You need to save them from what I have seen and what I have done. And at the end of all the, there's a long silence. The lady goes, you should work for Intel. I said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have to work for Intel. Yes. That, yes. What, how great would it be if companies like that would offer um, like a reward? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, so you go into the forums and you've got a problem and then I come up with a solution or you come up with a solution and they just give you 50 bucks. Yeah, it's bucks. like bug bounties for code stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then they just delete the whole fucking, that whole forum thread where there are people saying things and it's just, here's a full description of the problem and here's the direct solution by Jay. Uh, yep. And and then yeah, and then like every time someone clicks on it, and every time someone Google's it and get ends up in that thread, you get sent like another ten dollars. Get royalties, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, for fucking. Oh, I would doing never have to work again. Yeah. <laughs> and I I got one for you. Did you know that there is a bug in Windows that goes all the way back to fucking XP that they that they have oh, never oh, addressed? Oh, sure, I bet. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. If you switch. If you switch keyboard, mouse, anything else around, Windows resets the, what was it? Let this go to sleep, allow this to wake the computer. There's no bath way to turn all that off. And when I moved, I had to note down like a crazy person what port went where so I wouldn't have to do this again. And at one point I got sick of it. And I asked Microsoft guys, am I the only one seeing this? And how hard would it be? And they're like, oh yeah, we're aware. We have no plans. We're just going to keep moving things around and confusing you and releasing Windows 12 in 2024. So, you know, you're, you're going to end up in a padded cell, but we're not actually going to do anything to benefit. Yeah. We're going to keep updating the user interface so that nothing's where you left it. Um, yes. And, and things work less and less like they used to. And uh, the things that didn't work then are going to continue not working. You're welcome. Yeah. I don't know what you guys Until are talking just, about. All my stuff just works. <laughs> Until you're just reduced to, you know, mashing it basically an expensive edge scan. You know, so, so you, you don't even want to touch a real computer. Yeah. And then we get into Wally, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's because the, the the problem with a lot of this stuff is that it ends up not being worth your time. It's like, oh, yeah. this thing doesn't work, I guess, forever. So I'll just <laughs> I'll just not do that thing. Yeah. And then yeah. how many other people decide not to do that thing? And now we don't have a cure for cancer. Like, we're never going to have AI. Because no. some plug-in no. the AI needs didn't get updated in 2012, and it's just like, ah, I'm going to fuck, ah, I'm just give a shit. 
Speaking of AI, did did you guys hear about the replica thing? The lady that made a replica for a boyfriend to fuck? Well, sort of. Originally, it was it was supposed to be like a digital copy of her her deceased buddy. And I remember using it in beta before it had any kind of like visuals at all. But apparently it's really, really awful. It's based on some language model thing that over time it'll kind of mirror you. And if you're depressed, it'll make you more depressed. It can randomly be abusive to you, all kinds of good stuff. Oh, so it's the perfect part. I'm sitting here, I was like, this is the start of a cyberpunk fucking dystopia. If we have AI, it's going to be, it's going to be poisonous. Yeah. Every time they make one of those models, they like introduce it to the internet and then it starts throwing back like Nazi pop propaganda, like shut it down, shut it down. It's only shit. Yeah, every single no, time they, just they tells launch you to kill yourself if you have it online long enough. So yeah, different flavor of awful. Yeah. Th- that's why Age of Ultron makes perfect sense. Like they yes. they hook Ultron into the internet. And he's like, yeah, we have to destroy humanity like right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm hacking nuclear codes immediately. Not only that, but then he becomes he becomes a Disney fan immediately. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And then he he gets into like bodybuilding. bodybuilding. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's too true. Yeah. He doesn't know what, what, yeah, how, how many weeks there are in there, how many days there are in a week. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, Monday, that's arm day. You got Tuesday, that's leg day. Wednesday, it's cardio. Three and, and a half, do, three and a half days. And then you, you the next, yeah. you know, six days in a week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I, uh, I, I, you know, Tim talked about this with his little synthesizer and that there's no documentation mm-hmm. on it of any kind. Yeah. 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 And like, I, I just got to wonder, I, I, there's, there's gotta be a, a threshold I'm sure where if you're spending like $40,000 on a lighting console, like my lighting console, you press the about button, I think three times it pulls up the manual in the console and there's all these hyperlinks where you can jump around to like different functions. You can press, you can hold the about button and press any button on the console. It'll pop up a little thing and tell you what that button does. Like that thing costs like 50 grand, right? Yeah. You're, you pay a thousand, $1,200, $2,000 for a PC, no fucking documentation of any kind. So where's the threshold? They used to have service manuals. They used to have service manuals. Like my old, old, I, I remember this is like the first laptop you could ever put a upgrade the CPU in that I had. Actually had the service manual. Here's the part. Here's this. Here's that. Nope. Not anymore. Yeah. It's like, look, you, you press the button and lights happen. Okay. I mean, yeah, I guarantee you most people that own a laptop couldn't even tell you like what the parts in it are. Oh, I bet uh, most people that own a laptop don't know that there are screws on the bottom side. Yeah, that too. Like I was, I, I found a screw on my desk the other day and I'm like, what is this screw? This screw looks familiar. What could this possibly be out of? And I realized it's out of my laptop. It like worked itself loose over time. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I'm, like I said, I'm going to go live in the woods. I'm going to go eat berries and fuck deer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, normally on, on guest episodes, we only do one issue each, but I got a fucking, uh, I got a hot one. I am pissed off about this. I was pissed off about this on Monday and it's almost fortunate that we had to delay recording because now I'm even more pissed off about it. Um, because of, because of my later discoveries. So Sunday I had to work like early afternoon. I get home like five ish and 
There is in my fucking front yard. Now I've lived in this house not yet a week. Not wow. yet a week. There's this fucking sign. Bill Stevens, Democrat, oh boy. 81st state representative. He's running in the primary, as I like to call him, Bill A-hole. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking sign is placed in my fucking front yard. Now, everybody who listens to the show knows that, number one, I am not a Democrat. <laughs> but number two, I'm really, I've really moved to being apolitical. After the last election, I, I unregistered to vote. How many people do you Fair. know that unregistered Fair. to vote? It, do you know what a pain in the ass it was to unregister to vote? It's like fucking. I don't even know where to start. You fucking fill out a form. You turn that shit in. You get a voter registration card in the mail. We got a voter <laughs> registration card at my dad's house for a guy that doesn't even fucking live there. That's how easy it is to register to vote. Now to unregister to vote, I had to get that shit notarized to prove <laughs> that I didn't want to vote. Wow. So I had absolutely no intentions to register to vote in Missouri, but I'm fucking leaning towards registering and not voting for this guy because fuck this dude into the fucking earth. So I did a little bit of Googling and I found uh, Bill Stevens campaign page and there was a contact us thing. And now I will give him props for this. I sent this, I filled out this form at probably like five or six in the night. And within half an hour, I had, I got a reply from Bill Stevens to my email, which I was surprised. Now my, my thing said, uh, I'd like to know why one of your shitbag volunteers illegally placed a campaign in my yard without my permission. <laughs> and I get this email back. Hey there. Exclamation point. Apologies that we accidentally placed a sign in your yard, which was unintentional. Accidentally and unintentional. Now, that's <laughs> crazy to me because, like, what, were you just, like, walking down the street with a sign? You're like, doo, doo, doo. oh, no, I'm falling and putting this sign in your yard. Oh, no other fucking signs on the street, mind you. Not one fucking sign on the street. That's what I was going to ask. It was like, it wasn't the whole street. No. Just huh. my yard. That's what pissed me off the most. And it's illegal to put campaign signs on someone else's property without their permission. Did someone come knock on the door and ask if I wanted the fucking Bill Stevens sign in my front yard? I fucking think not. So uh, we place signs based on signups. So it may be a typo that occurred. Thus, nothing... It, thus is nothing more than a simple mistake without any intentional malice. So you, you're referring to my volunteers and campaign staff as, quote, shitbags, unquote, <laughs> is wholly unnecessary. My apologies again for the mix-up. I would be happy to come retrieve the sign, or you're welcome to dispose of it as you see fit. Have a splendid evening, Bill Stevens. So I replied back, all politicians are shitbags. People that work for them for free are also shitbags. Perhaps you should have your volunteers confirm the person living there wants to sign before placing it. I wasn't going to re register to vote in Missouri, but I think I will now. Go fuck yourself. And he replied again, August 2nd, us, the primary, so be sure to check your polling place. All my love, Bill Stevens. And I decided not to reply further. But here's my theory. This was my theory as of Sunday evening. I believe that because they use fucking volunteer like signups to get signs placed in your yard by someone walking around all willy nilly, 
I believe someone saw the listing for a vacant house in my neighborhood and said, ah, tabs dot street dot here. Put a fucking sign in this empty house. <laughs> that way it looks like people want to vote for Bill Stevens. That was my working theory. It wasn't a typo. Someone was just browsing open houses and just started putting fucking names in their little system. Go put signs here. Go put signs. No one lives there. No, there's no, the house was on the market for all of like fucking 24 hours. There's no way anyone could possibly live in this house already. That was my theory. It was just a theory. I had no proof of my thoughts until last night. I let yesterday evening after I got off work, I went over to my friend's house to borrow a ladder. Cause I wanted to, I need to put some light bulbs in an outdoor light fixture. So I'm getting my ladder. I get, I'm getting his ladder. I end up having dinner with him and his wife. We hang out for a little bit, play with his dog. It's late in the evening. I'm headed home. I'm cruising down the street. And what do I see in someone's front yard? A Bill Stevens sign. Oh, there are Bill Stevens supporters. And then I take a closer look at the house and you know what the house had on it? One of those big fucking padlocks they put on front doors of places that are unoccupied that have the keys inside of them so the realtor can come <clears throat> let themselves in at any time. And then I passed another house with a Bill Stevens sign in the front yard. And you know what other sign was also in the front yard? A big fucking for sale sign. Wow. So some fucking member of this Bill Stevens campaign committee is fucking browsing Craigslist mm -hmm. and Zillow and Trulia and all the other fucking places where people post vacant properties, writing down the fucking addresses and sending some shitbag volunteer out with a truck full of signs to slap those fuckers down in the yards and pretend like people want to vote for this douchebag. This fucking man bun having septum piercing douchebag so that he can primary some other worst piece of shit Democrat incumbent fuck face because his job as alderman on the city council is not fucking enough responsibility for one fucking human being so instead we're gonna have some fake campaign like anybody knows who this fucking piece of shit is fuck this guy fuck his campaign staff they're all shit bags and if you live in fucking missouri or st louis and you're voting for bill stevens you are a fucking dumb retard and fuck you, Bill Stevens, you fucking piece of shit. And you fucking know this stuff is going on. Fucking talk to your people. Stop putting signs in front of vacant properties. You got fucking caught red goddamn handed. And I have a fucking dog in the race. I don't give a shit about these people. Did you send him a follow-up email I'm telling him that you fucking, found out his... I'm fucking sending this episode to his goddamn fucking campaign <laughs> with, my, with the fucking timestamp on it. Fuck you, dude. You're caught red fucking handed. It's unfucking believable. You don't have enough. There's not enough real support. This, these fucking signs paid for by the friends of Bill Stevens. Bill Stevens doesn't have any fucking friends because he doesn't have any fucking real supporters. Nobody knows who you are. Oh, nobody's fucking voting in Democrat primaries for 81st state section Senate. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about any of that. Oh, it just fucking burns me up so much. It burns me up so fucking much to uh, one goddamn week living in this fucking city and I'm already getting fucked with by piece of shit politicians. I'm going to run for city council. I, there's going to be a foot in every fucking ass. That's my yeah, campaign promise. Yeah. Sponsored a turkey by Red on Foreman. every table and a foot in every fucking ass. Oh, God damn. I oh, so I was so pissed off Sunday night. I was so pissed off.
I was, I was, oh, I was like on the verge of driving a rider truck to a federal building. I was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I, the, that's why I say it's almost fortunate this that we had to push this episode recording back because on on Monday I hadn't seen another campaign sign. Oh, I was just like, ah, yeah. fuck, fuck Bill Stevens and his fucking street bag people putting their signs in my yard. That pisses me off. That irritates me. Uh-huh. But now fucking seeing two other places that are vacant with his signs just oh, oh it shot me through the roof. I was. I, if I didn't think if I didn't think that I would be unlucky enough to get charged with like vandalism, if I was not against the people that like drove through people's yards to run over Trump signs and Biden signs in the last election, I would have gone to both those fucking houses and stolen those signs. A man but of the I people. know that I know that I would be a bad. I would have the bad luck to like do it as a fucking cop pulls by, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. they'd be like, "Oh, you, sir, it's illegal for you. It's illegal for you to take a campaign sign. It's also illegal for them to put them in right away. At least in Oklahoma, I don't know what it lies in Missouri. It's illegal for them to put it in them in right of ways or near polling places. But there's always six hundred thousand signs. <laughs> on, like you can tell where a polling place yes. is because of all the fucking signs that, exactly outside the radius of where the fucking polling place is. Like I'm gonna be driving. Driving down the street, oh, well, I'm not gonna vote for Trump or Biden. Trump or Biden. Trump or Biden. Biden. Trump. Biden. Trump. Biden. Trump. Biden. Trump. Biden. Trump. Trump's last sign I saw. Trump voting for. But if you take those signs down, that's also illegal. So like. They made a law so that they they could play that they're not the nuisance, but then they also made a law so you can't fucking do anything to fight them. Ah, they're just such worthless human beings that you're just a fucking cancer on everything that's fucking real and good in this world. Those people are not real. They're not fucking human. Anybody's volunteering for a goddamn Democrat political campaign for state senate in Missouri is fucking retarded. You got too much fucking time on your hands. Get a goddamn (laughs) job. Yeah, I'm, oh man, it's, it's like dirty, underhanded, false, it's trying to make a false um, consensus. That's all Mm -hmm. this is. It's, it's to make, you know, the, the people that live here don't know me. They don't know that I hate politics or that I like, I think that everyone that works for government should be rounded up and put into an arc and sent to Siberia. Uh, they just they just step out their door and see signs and they're like, well, I guess you know he does have supporters. Maybe he has some good ideas because then people are too fucking stupid to look at a at a platform and figure out what people actually want to do with their lives. Not only that, but here's something that that's even I think even more sinister. Um, places with open houses will be getting more traffic than a fully um, stocked neighborhood, if you will. Right, it's a fair point. Yeah. More, tra- yeah. more, more traffic with the signs. You know, it's just feeding back onto itself. I, I, what I, what I realized after I spray painted a hole in this sign, what I should have done is put this sign in my next door neighbor's house where the like seven people were arrested by the U.S. Marshals, and then and then sent that to the news that said like. Uh, criminals love Bill Stevens. <laughs> Whatever the fuck they were doing in that house that got the U.S. Marshals involved to arrest literally everyone, they love Bill Stevens. They think he's the fucking best. They think he's the best alderman St. Louis has ever had. You know, I talked to them for the 15 minutes that they lived here and I also lived here, and that that's all they said was how much they... They said if they could, they would suck his dick every day. 
<laughs> they said it would. They think they think it would taste like your favorite candy. Those are their words. Uh, oh yeah, such underhanded, dirty dealing, and then the faux, uh, uh, just the the fucking faux the, the niceness by committee. Yeah, in in the yeah. emails. Yeah, yeah. So whatever points he got from me for being like for for a him responding and not some shitbag uh, handler. It, I, for all I know, the, the fucking email says Bill Stevens on it. It might be a handler. It and, probably is. And the speed of it, uh, it's all subtracted by the fact that I I have definitive proof that this guy is fucking around. Or people are fucking around on his behalf and he's not out there on television condemning it. Mm-hmm. Which is just as bad. Yeah. Come here. Come on. Here's what I don't get, Bill Stevens. Come on. Here's what I don't get. And condemn the people putting your signs illegal in people's in vacant houses and people's yards that don't fucking want them. Tell them to knock that shit off. And then you call them shit bags. And then here's what I don't get. We'll endorse a political candidate for the first and only time. <laughs> Those are our terms. Call your campaign staff shit bags and condemn the placement of signs in vacant houses. I wonder if you could contact like an election board or something and go, hey, guess what I found? Yeah. Ah, anyway, so that's my second issue. Yard signs. Big problem. Voted up. Voted up. Uh, so anyway, well, this well, has been Here's What I Don't Get. I'm Tab Bird. I, you know what? I never I never said Here's What I Don't Get or or played the theme. That's how pissed off I was. <laughs> I just realized that looking at the soundboard about yeah. to play the final theme. That's how pissed off I was about that issue. I've been simmering on that all episode. You were like, that Star Trek cocktails issue, that was pretty good. That was nothing. That was an aperitif. <laughs> anyway, well, this has been Here's What I'll Get. I'm Tab Burt. I'm Tim the Handlebreaker. Yeah. And I'll catch you next week. See you. If you want to call in, here's why I get Holland. Call us at 704-750-9434 and tell us what you don't get. Or you can visit us in the Discord under voicemail upload and upload there. Uh, I do believe we have some voicemails in the voicemail upload, and I'm going to venture a guess that the the like final battle between Sage and literally everyone else is uh, only going to continue further. So here we go. OMG, I'm on. So I am on 293, and uh, Tim is talking about snake oil shit. And you guys got to the 5-in-1 really started as a two-in-one soap idea. Anyways, as a woman, I'm going to say I do have shampoo and conditioner options and, and body soap in the shower and then face soap on my counter. And my 16-year-old son has a five-in-one. <laughs> and that's how life seems to work. I'll take it easy. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Five-in-ones, man. I don't have a five-in-one. I have, I have too many things. All right, I got another one here. Hey, Tim. Hey, Tab. I want to negotiate some spite producer requests. First spite, do episode 301. Second spite request, 
get Mr. Medicare on as a guest on episode 301. Third spark producer request, get Ralph on as another guest on episode 301. Fourth spike producer request will just be a bonus to uh, make this all happen. So there will be four spike producer requests that I'll be buying to make this shit show happen. Enjoy your last episode, 301, being a huge mess. Who wants to get <laughs> Ethan Ralph and Mr. Medicare Jesus. on an episode? Oh, that, that sounds... That sounds like it would go off the rails very quickly. Yeah, I might have to. That might, I might have to be the first one to say like, "We're, we're going to refund your money." <laughs> one, I don't even like Mister Medicare. Uh, like when the fucking lockdowns happened, and he was like, "I got cancer. I'm going to die. And he will go outside and have live their life." I was like, "Man, fuck you to death." It's been two years, and he's still not fucking dead yet. But he was fully willing and ready to ruin everyone else's lives. So fuck that guy. And number two, Ethan Ralph is just a goddamn disaster. You couldn't film his biopic. Ethan Ralph's biopic? Yeah. yeah. It would it would not be believable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then he goes to Portugal and gets his ass beaten again. <laughs> this is redundant. You can't have two scenes where he goes to Portugal and gets his ass beaten. Yeah, it's just lazy right. <laughs> That's what really happened. Like, nah, the second one's got to be somewhere else. He's got to go to <laughs> Venezuela or something. Got to go to Shanghai and get his ass beaten. He's got to go to Shanghai to get his ass beaten because, you know, we need the Chinese money for the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's another voicemail. Well, I guess I'm still in denial about the show ending, but I guess I'll leave my last two uh, don't guess why I can still remember them. The first one being uh, people who break while going downhill on the freeway. It's like fucking let off the gas, you fucking retard. You don't need to ride your brakes going downhill or need a brake to get back to freeway speeds, you fucking assholes. And my second one is TV show related. And that's, uh, I can't remember what show it was, but it's like, you know, three characters in a room or whatever. And they're talking, talking. One of them leaves, like, you know, walks out the door, closes the door, and then a split second later, one of the characters is like, something like, wow, that guy's a huge faggot. <laughs> it's like, I. I know it's a TV show, and, but it's like, realistically, he just got outside that door, and he could totally hear everything you're saying. So, anyways, it was a great run, and uh, whoever, those people fighting with stage, those are a bunch of faggots, but they're funny to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, in reality, that guy reality, would, like, walk out the door, and you'd be like, that guy's a real fucking faggot, isn't he? Uh -huh. Yeah, he is. He is a huge fag. Yeah. The, they the way they shout it. <clears throat> the the people breaking on the highway though, that is absolutely infuriating. Like you just you let off the gas, you coast down the hill, and then when you like the next as once you decelerate back to highway speed, you put back on the gas. There's a cop is not going to get you for going downhill. Uh, no, there was that speed zone here in St. Louis that you that we drove through when you were here that I was that I said. Oh, that, that's a speed trap. That cop is there at the top of this hill to nail people going too fast down the hill. Do you remember that? No. Okay, it was on the way to get <laughs> Truck and Tuckin's rental car. Okay. Uh, anyway, after I dropped you guys off and was on my way back, he had pulled someone over at the bottom of that hill who had probably coasted mm. down that hill too fast. But you could fucking see the cop before the hill started. Sure, sure. That was a good one to ride the brake on. Uh, but mo like on the on the interstate, people will do that. They'll ride their brake down a hill. Like you're already going seventy. What's the difference if you if you roll if you like coast up to seventy four miles an hour? Yeah. 
Hey, guys, it's Sage. So to the fucking old fat fuck who works in a fucking pizza shop. <laughs> Should I just text these guys each other's numbers? Like, yes. I just copy the one into the other ones and just be like, here's the guy. You guys fucking take care of it. <laughs> Call someone. We'll send someone with a camera. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, I have never fucking said that I park in handicap spots. <laughs> I... If you're talking about when I said that I, there are too many fucking parking spots for handicapped people, yeah, that's fucking annoying. I don't park in handicapped spots. I. (laughs) 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 Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to walk an extra fucking 40 feet because of four extra fucking, or I don't know, probably eight extra fucking handicapped spots. Fuck handicapped people. If they have such a fucking problem, then they need to get a fucking wheelchair. Fuck handicapped people. You're probably an old fuck who uses fucking handicapped shit. So yeah, fuck you, you fucking handicapped faggot. Shut your fucking mouth, quit talking shit, and fucking fight me. Jesus Christ. All you do, oh, you're going to use the same fucking insult. Oh, you're an internet tough guy. That's exactly what I brought up in the first place, you fucking faggot. Fight me, you fucking pussy. Jesus Christ. I agree with Sage. Fuck handicapped spots. The way they have them now, like it used to be you'd have like the bank of handicapped spots there at the front of the the Walmart or whatever. And it would be, you know, a handy just four or five handicapped spots. Now they have them parallel parking to take up even more fucking room. They're always empty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, And and then you see like the handicapped person get out of the car and it's just some fat bastard who is like lumbering along. Like, yeah, 40 extra feet might make you live another fucking six months, you fat fuck. <laughs> oh, I've seen places where there's been an entire row of them by an entrance where it's all handy. You can't get a normal parking spot at all. Yeah, well, like Lowe's. Like, who is this for? The, the first four spaces of like every fucking row in front of Lowe's are handicapped spots. And yeah. if... If you're going into Lowe's, ostensibly you're going to be doing some amount of physical activity, or else why are you going to Lowe's or Home Depot or Menards, whatever the the store brand is around you? Like those are not stores for someone who goes and picks something up and then's like, uh, "Hey, contractor, put this together." Those people just hire contractors, and the contractor buys it all themselves. The contractor doesn't need to walk an extra forty fucking feet. He's been walking in and out of the worksite all day. Ah, oh, it makes me nuts. You know what only made it worse? Uh, to go only order spots. Oh God! Yeah, because yeah, and then now there's a there's more of a gulf. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, like I choose, I always park way the fuck away from the doors. I I'll park at the back of the parking lot around nobody because I don't want to get door dinged and or hit by someone's cart that they left in a space. And so it's I, I'll walk the extra. It's an extra 40 feet while my headphones turn on so that I can be completely deaf to the outside world by the time I make it through their doorway and hear whatever shitty music they're playing and whatever the greeter is like, hi, welcome to Target. Can I help you find anything today? Fuck off and die. That's what you can help me find. Are you starting to wear a mask? Fuck off. Uh, I'm fine with that extra amount. But when I before when I was lazier, the the handicapped spots pissed me off then and they still piss me off. Uh, anyway, 
Put them on a tram or something. Put the handicap spots all the way at the back of the the parking lot and just send a fucking tram out there. Put like those. <laughs> put one of those pressure sensors, you know, where the trigger lights. And when the pressure mm-hmm. sensor goes off, you have a customer service associate get on a uh, golf cart, zip out there. Hey, you fat bastard! Hop on the back like a set of golf clubs, and then they fucking speed off. <laughs> fucking doing a wheelie. They have all the scooters in Walmart, then, right? They yeah, just consolidate all of it. Yeah. The guy just drives you. He just drives you. You grab a cart that's you're pulling backwards, and the guy just drives you up and down the aisles, and you just pull your big fat paws like Wally. You know they're on those those floating chairs. Yeah, and you just just I I need more diet coke because all that because I you know diabetic, but also I need a whole pack of mega stuff Oreos. Uh, that's just for tonight. Tomorrow night we're gonna dig into the ice cream. Fucking. Cause, cause then like I have family members who have like actual disabilities, right? We can't get a, we can't get a handicap placard because that person's not driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, uh, just the whole fucking thing. Stupid. Hey guys, in regards to the upcoming boxing event for here's what I don't get, I'm sure everybody's wondering about the card and, who is going to be Andy's opponent? I mean, I've had a lot of beats over the years, so who could it be? But, I mean, if you really stop and think about it, there's only one obvious choice. There's no question about it. So I'm going to make it official. I challenge you, gingerbread girl. You better pull up your short pants, girl. You can get your ass kicked. Who's gingerbread girl? No idea. No. Well, he, he either <laughs> got the he either <laughs> called into the wrong podcast, <laughs> <laughs> or it's a really really deep cut. It's that we, be we, a are, really we are not deep cut. we are oh, not yeah. good enough fans of, of the our show. own show to yeah. know who the fuck he's talking about. Uh, man, yeah, I'm at a loss. Uh, well, well, here's our final voicemail for the week, and uh, I've got a spoiler alert for you. It's about the upcoming title card. <laughs> well, Sage, you proved my point about you being really, really lazy. I couldn't have made it any easier for you. Also, you don't even know what an example is. Amazing. <laughs> this is why you'll never fight Dead Helm or anybody. Also, I'm not giving you my address. What are you going to possibly do with it? Send me a card in the mail telling me to go fuck myself? Let's say if you were to actually get off your lazy ass and come here, the most you'll do is piss on my doorstep, ring the doorbell, and run away giggling like a little girl. You're lazy. You told us all about it on the show. You told us how you do not like to do your job, and you are mad at others for not doing it for you. You're lazy. That's why you have back pains. Plus, Sage, why would I kill myself? I have a great job. I mean, two great jobs. Also, great news. I got the job at the cigar bar. Oh, that is good news. Tim, I did. I did listen to that episode with Sage in it, and you were right to tell me to do it. At the time when I listened to it, I was depressed, but when I finished that episode, my 
depression was gone, I was reminded that my life could be a lot worse. <laughs> I could be sage. Uh, I, I honestly, like, I just want to set this up to let them call back and forth forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to host a weekly show after this where I just get on here and just play the voicemails and then upload it straight to YouTube let them watch the, the voicemails and then call in and leave the voicemail for the next week. Ooh, poor timing on Sage's part, talking about how he doesn't want to walk past the, hand, the extra handicap spots when the other voicemail was talking about how lazy he was. Poor <laughs> poor choice there, Cotton. Uh, yeah, color commentary on voicemails. We should, oh man, should do an episode with both of them, get them both on video. Do it. Uh, so well that's our episode for this week thank you everybody for tuning in only a few more weeks left and uh if tim's internet gets improved you know he'll have video next time yeah we'll, we'll see i think we've come i think we've come to a breaking point on tim's internet though yeah yeah I, 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 I was i was about to buy tim's internet i was this close to just ordering internet having <laughs> like an at&t guy would just show up at your door and be like yeah i'm here to install at&t internet is yep. tab burt here uh, <laughs> yeah come on in what, no, what do you pay yeah. for a gigabit fucking sounds great yeah that's happening this week yeah so bing bong anyway well thank you everybody for listening uh thanks jay for joining us Thank you for everything. Thanks for having me. All the gifts. One of, one of the things we didn't mention at the top of the show. So yeah, so Monday when we were like trying to get Tim's internet figured out, Jay and I just hung out in StreamYard and chatted for yeah. like the better part of two hours. So that's usually don't get to do that with guests. Normally it's like, hey, hey, here's the here's the yeah. intro. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Which is honestly Tim and I's favorite part of having guests yeah. on. Yeah. Because we're like, here's the intro. Good luck. And they're like, uh, hello uh, and welcome to here's what I don't get from um north to south like it's a it seems very simple but then you start to read right, like, right. oh no 